God said, I need somebody willing to get up before dawn, milk cows, work all day in the fields, milk cows again, eat supper, then go to town and stay past midnight at a meeting of the school board. So God made a farmer. My administration will be focused on three very important words. Jobs, jobs, jobs. This man must be a minister, a social worker, a diplomat, a tough guy, and a gentleman. And of course, he'll have to be a genius because he'll have to feed a family on a policeman's salary. From this day forward, it's going to be only America first. America first. We, the citizens of America, are now joined in a great national effort to rebuild our country and restore its promise for all of our people. Because today, we are not merely transferring power from one administration to another, or from one party to another. But we are transferring power from Washington, D.C., and giving it back to you, the people. Hold on to your seats. Buckle up for safety. You are now entering another dimension with The Scott Adams Show. And that's right. My name is Scott Adams. You're listening to The Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in today. I'm joined by Leonor Cravota. Hello, Leonor. Good morning, Scott. So um, you're going to be with us uh, on the show, but not as much. Not as much. It's going to be more sporadic. Uh, probably some Fridays and then some special occasions as needed, like, you know, I'm sure I'll be around if there's a major election because or something you're like gonna, that. you're going to be doing a lot of behind-the-scenes work and some event planning and development. Exactly. And a lot of other things. And... Uh, you know, um, Bugle Call and MAGA.org uh, and MAGAPAC.org are both going to benefit from that. Um, but, uh, you know, it's just one of those things where there's only so many hours in, in a day. day. <laughs> and, we, and, and, we're, and we're working on cloning ourselves, but we've had a little bit of trouble. There's still a few bugs in the system. Call Garrett, China. They'll, they'll figure it out. <laughs> as Garrick Trudeau would say, there's still a few bugs in the system with cloning ourselves. We're, yeah. we're working it on, working on it. Yeah. And, you know, the thing is, is that people love you when you're on. And uh, I get emails every day saying, when's Leonora going to be on? Oh, okay. Well, and, I, well uh, I definitely appreciate that. Yeah. So, uh, and, uh, you know, I lo- lo- I, I, how many times have I begged you to be, oh, come on, come on, come on the show, come on the show, come on the show. Um, it's, it's a constant pull, but uh, sometimes it's really, you know, if you spread yourself too thin, it, it gets to be very difficult for a person. So in, in any case... Uh, We'll get you on what Fridays? Yeah, More fr- than likely is yeah, going to be yeah Fridays. Although the, although there might be some other conflicts initially, but we'll see. We'll we'll see how it goes. And uh, and also, I will definitely be on if anything major happens. Yeah. Well, there, wasn't there an election in? Uh, you know, there was one uh, last in, in November, and no, you, last night. Oh, there was an election in Pennsylvania Primaries last night. And something? the reason why I know this is all my friends who live in Philly. They've got this like girl gaggle. Ch- uh, chat thing going. There may be some men on it, but I think it's mostly women. And there uh, and there was constant texting going on for the last few weeks. They were all following the DA race in Philly. Yeah, and the Krasner, 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 who has had a lot of corruption. Won he won again. He won. You know, he so he was reelected. Was that just the primary or that was the primary? 
Okay, so he won his primary. He won his primary, so he will be the Democrat candidate. There is a Republican, and then, and but then I there doubt. There is no such thing as a, a Republican winning in Philadelphia. Well, I mean, again, there, like uh, you and I know, there, there, there always is a Republican candidate. But if the Democrat wins the primary, if he wins their, you know, wins their. This is a guy that really wants to amount. abolish the police, and yeah. you know, the only people that in Philadelphia. The people that are going to get hurt the worst, because if you look at the crime statistics in the last 20, like the last year, and ever since Black Lives Matter's Marxism uh, took hold, uh, and again, Black Lives Matter didn't do it on their own. They did it with all kinds of corporate sponsorships. They built uh, the, the owners and the uh, leaders of that group are seen buying $4 million homes, and they're getting rich. So they're getting um, rich on pretending to talk about all the things that they've gone through and suffered for being uh, black well, and they for potentially being poor. They stoke the, ra- the, they stoke the flames of racism. They then engage in violence. Yes. And it doesn't help that, you know, um, when you donate to... Black Lives Matter. It actually donates to Act Blue, which donates to Joe Biden. But then Antifa, uh, it's just an ideology. It's just yeah. an idea. Yeah. No, no, they're for real. They are real terrorists, right? Anybody that says it's just an idea is smoking some grass or is acting like they're high on loot. Because the the, the idea is, is that the, it's right in front of you. The evidence yeah. is just ask Andy No. Yeah. Right. He's been cataloging this stuff, despite the fact that the mainstream media, Joe Biden, all the liberals, uh, liberals I know have told me this. Yeah. It's an idea. They're not really a group. No, they are really a group. And if you go to Antifa dot com, it goes right to Joe Biden. So, you know, it's just the Democrats have uh, started with their terrorism. The, I believe that the de- Democrats, I think that China is a terrorist-sponsored nation that engaged in bio-warfare and bi- biotech warfare. I believe that the Democrat Party is aligned with China. And I believe that the Democrat Party is a terrorist group, a racist group, because they stoke the flames of this race, uh, critical race theory. Uh, we're going to be talking about the Equality Act and how that is a racist piece of legislation. Mm-hmm. Anytime you basically choose on the issue of color, whether it be black, white, brown, yellow, it doesn't matter. The fact is, when you look at color rather than content, as Martin Luther King would have said, you're a racist. You're engaged in racism and so the democrats used to be a racist when they formulated their group called the kkk and you know robert bird from west virginia was the last leading senator democrat who was part of the kkk he was a grand wizard or something grand poobah or something like that um and then you had george wallace one of the last great democrat governors who stood in the doorway and didn't want integration in Alabama. He was a Democrat, and there are so many Democrats. In fact, there's a plaque in Philadelphia that I took a picture of and I post from time to time 
that says that the Republican Party, the sole reason why it was started in the first place was to abolish slavery. And sure enough, in 1854, it was started at 800 Locust Street in a building called the Music Fund Hall now. And they started it. And in 1854, in 1856, they lost their first time out to Buchanan. And then in 1860, they won with Lincoln. And then they wrote the Emancipation Proclamation. They passed, uh, the Republicans in the Congress passed the 13th, 14th, and 15th Amendments, talking about three-fifths of man, no, whole man. Uh, You know, there's no such thing as three-fifths of a man. Uh, that black men would have a right to vote. It was later that women got a right to vote. But black citizens got to vote. Black citizens were no longer considered three-fifths of a man. You know, there was these amendments that were pushed forward. And in some cases, it was 100 to 0, meaning the Democrats fought for slavery and fought for segregation like there was no tomorrow tomorrow, and fought for all these wrong-thinking things. And I don't think they've changed much. Even Lyndon B. Johnson exploited the civil rights to buy votes, just like they're doing now with the Hispanics and all these needy people that are coming from South America now. They're coming from Venezuela and hopeless communist socialist states almost like my liberal friends who moved down from Philadelphia to Florida and carry their vote with them, like those Californians that are moving to Texas and they're carrying their vote with them. And even people like A.F. Branco are writing comic strips, you know, the great cartoonist. And he's writing comic strips that say, that you know, the luggage, Democrat, and there goes their vote. They're leaving the oppression that they themselves created. And guess what? They're not changing their radical ideology because they're stupid. And they're going to try to ruin it for the rest of you, uh, people. If anything, I would say, you know, if I was DeSantis, I would say something to the effect, no terrorists allowed. And I would put Democrats on the terrorist watch list because they're the ones that are in bed with the liberal, with, with the socialist parties. They're the ones that are engaging in racism. They're the ones that are aligned with the terrorist groups like Antifa and the Marxist groups like Black Lives Matter, both violent and ignorant groups that actually tear statues down, cancel our culture, try to ruin our history, and try to rewrite it with all kinds of really ridiculous um, critical race theories that people in the military are getting fired for merely thinking about it and talking about it in their own personal life where they say something to the effect that, you know, our country was founded and, and, and gained its independence in 1776, not 1619. Right. But that article that you uh, mentioned about the Federalists with the the Equality Act, that talks about the military and it talks about Christians being canceled. There is a one there is a wonderful quote in here um, that from Joy Pullman's article where she talks about 
the way she puts it is, statistically speaking, nobody wants gay people forced to die alone without their families or denied health insurance or a place to sleep at night. There are legal solutions to all things that don't involve erasing women's sports and forcing Christian churches to be bankrupted by lawsuits from anti-religious cranks with axes to grind. So, I mean, her whole point here is that she talks about how you're having a backlash against uh, Christians. You're also seeing it in the military. You're seeing it all over the place. And like, you know, the don't ask, don't tell that we talked about with uh, the gay community years ago. Well, now it's becoming almost a backlash against Christians. And, and we can't, you know, we can't have this happen. I mean, there are, lo- there are, uh, you know, you know, as they put it, there, there are, there's plenty of ways for everybody to to exist in this society without creating these protected classes. It's the protected classes that creates the problem. So I would suggest people check out that article on the Federalist. They're titled "There's No Way to Fix the Equality Act as Its Identity." Its Identity Politics or Equality Before the Law, and Republicans Must Choose. Right. Well, you're not going to choose the right thing when you're America last. Like, for example, Joe Biden uh, is doing all kinds of things that are putting America last, whether it be the signing off and greenlighting the Russian pipeline going into Europe. Uh-huh. That that pipeline was in large part, uh, Gascom, I think is the name of the company, uh-huh. headed up by um, Schroeder, who used to be the former Chancellor or Prime Minister or President of Germany? I think it's Chancellor, yeah. Okay, whatever it is. Um, but the leader of Germany, right? Yeah. Schroeder. And I remember I used to boycott French, France um, because uh, they were in bed with Saddam Hussein at the time. Yeah. It's going back a long way. And I was an activist back then, too. Um, and, and the idea was that they were, they were doing business with Elf Oil, and other oil companies, yeah. and it was Schroeder and and Chirac. They were actually keeping Saddam Hussein afloat, <clears throat> despite the fact that there was a, you know, a uh, sanctions against Saddam, and no, do, you know, you can't do business with them. Right. They were violating the sanctions. They were also in bed with the UN, who is also corrupt, naturally. And Kofi Annan and his son Cujo were all talking about the oil for food scandal. They were supposed to be sending food. No. They were trading oil for money. Yeah. Lining their pockets, greasing themselves up like little greasers. Anyway, the point is these holier-than-thou, you know, thousand-dollar suit-wearing, articulate, well-educated, ivy-league uh, groomed uh, aristocrats who basically go to all the fancy restaurants and park their car wherever they want in New York and they don't pay their parking tickets, they're diplomats. All of a sudden, you know, with one, one, one hooker on each arm, they take their escorts out to dinner with them. And it happens all the time in New York. I've seen it with my own two eyes. I've actually worked events as an IT guy and saw it firsthand at the Waldorf Astoria. I mean, I'm telling you, folks, this is just madness that these people that we have to somehow look up to, I don't look up to them, but you know, we, we're trained to look up to them. They're important people, the media tells us, 
are not important people. They're in there because they are the son or the friend or the it's cronyism, it's nepotism. You know, it's all of that. And there's no fair shake. There's no real talent there. It's a lot of hypocrisy. And so we're seeing this America last. Uh, Schroeder was a corrupt leader of Germany. And he was big into oil. He saw the money in that. Who couldn't, right? Even the Beverly Hillbillies figured that one out, right? (laughs) (laughs) It's a bubbling crude. (laughs) Even Jeffro got the, got, you know, he understood. Old Jed's millionaire. Old Jed's millionaire. (laughs) I love those stories about the self-made people and how they wind up in these scenarios in which the hoity-toity elite are looking down at them, but they're the richest people in the room. But it's just that they got their money through something dirty like oil, right? Right. Well, you know, you're not supposed to pay for terrorism. You're not supposed to pay for hackers. Well, it turns out hackers behind Colonial Pipeline attack received $90 million in Bitcoin ransom, cryptocurrency, right? Yeah. It's exactly how someone like uh, Patrick Byrne would pay off a lot of uh, people to uh, embed themselves and in, in, in profiteer on a lot of different things, you know, in terms of uh, in, in the name of patriotism and God. Yeah, and they would use these things, but trust me when I tell you, I have the inside scoop on those th- stories. They don't sell well on this a- a- airway, so I don't really talk about it too much. But you know what? Just trust me. I've talked to people who know people, and I know what I'm talking about. It's a bunch of BS, even within our own ranks. But the fact of the matter is, hackers are being paid off by this government. And by these people. And this is a shameful thing. And they tried to do it in the name of cryptocurrency. Buck Sexton writes, Christopher Fonzone is Biden's nominee to be intelligence community's top lawyer. In 2018, as a partner at Sydney Austin, he worked for Huawei and China's Ministry of Commerce. What? Now Biden wants Fonzone to oversee America's top secrets. So Tony Schaefer chimes in on Buck Sexton's tweet, and he says, speaking of the CCP, PRC, the Joe Biden payoffs via first felon Hunter Biden continue to pay dividends for China and the compromise of U.S. national security. It gets worse. See, they're in bed with China. So as Biden shuts down the Keystone Pipeline and put people out of work, Americans, and as he pays ransom to the Russians at the same moment that he greenlights their pipeline, that's nothing but America last. That's America last policy. So basically, he's the one who's in bed with the Russians, not Trump, as they've been trying to say for the last and handful China, of years. And China, which is and worse China. because China could eat Russia's lunch six exactly. ways till Sunday. Now, let's take a listen to this guy named Chen Ping. Sounds like a golf club, doesn't it? Say that again. Chen Ping. <laughs> Yeah, well, Ping, one of my favorite golf brands. All right, gotcha. Yeah, Ping. Uh, Also, being from IT, I ping a lot. You ping a lot. You definitely ping ping a lot. I I know that word. I know that 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 verb, ping. Yeah, and then there's the word Chen. I don't know what that means. Admitted, Chen Ping, senior researcher at Fudan University. That was a very good pronunciation, Scott Adams. (laughs) Fudan University. (laughs) Professor at Peking University says the CCP 
won the trade war, science and technology war, and especially the biological war in 2020. What? What? What happened? He's admitting it. Let's read that again. So this guy from the university, senior researcher, think tanker for, for the China, China, says the CCP won the trade war. That was the phase one that I've been yeah, talking yeah, about. Yeah. Phase two, they got out of the yeah. trade war, right? Yeah. So now they're going to get the trade with Joe Biden right. and Hunter. They got out of the science. They won the science and technology war and especially the biological war in 2020. The achievement is unprecedented. This is an epic making history, historical record. Let's take a listen. Now, he speaks in Chinese. So the way I've decided to do this, and I've never really done this, but I'm going to put him on low volume. It's only 30 seconds. So. You're going to talk over him? Yes. Yes, ma'am. Oh, so you're going to sort of be like a translator. Okay, wow. Cool. Yeah, I'm going to be a Chinese translator you, you, for a You're going to be like this, somebody from the UN. Okay, I'm ready. Yeah. Yeah, so, so uh, you know, it's going to be a little challenging because I don't speak Chinese. <laughs> all right, I'm, I'm waiting. Uh, all right, is everybody ready for this? Scott's going to be a translator. Okay. <laughs> all right, so let's see. All right, so he's going to speak in the background. I'm going to lower his volume, and then I'm going to read the, uh, the, the, uh, the transcript, right? Let's see. It says, it says this. In 2020, China won the trade war, science, and technology war. And especially the biological war, the achievement is unprecedented. This is epic-making historical record. So for the liberal America-worshipping cult within China, their worship of the U.S. is actually unfounded. After this trade war and biological warfare, the U.S. was beaten back to its original place. In 2020, China won the trade war. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So that just repeated. So um, the last part of that was uh, the U.S. was beaten back to its original form. I like that. Wow. Now, see, under Trump, they were going to they signed the phase 1 deal. Yeah. And and uh, Peter Navarro. People ask who do I like in the Trump camp right, right now. People have asked me this. And I say I like Steve Cortez who's coming out with a new show on mm-hmm. Newsmax. Yeah. Uh, I like Steve Cortez. I like Peter Navarro who's working with Steve Bannon a little bit. Mhm. Um and they're trying to get the message out there, right? Mm-hmm. So I like Peter Navarro. I like uh, Steve Cortez. Uh, even Jenna Ellis, who has her own little show. Um, but Jenna Ellis was an attorney. And, and Rudy Giuliani. I think that those people are trusted people. Of course, um, Dan Scavino. Yeah. You know. And, and, and there's, a, there's a lot of others. But those are just the names that come to my mind. So... Jack Posobiec's talking about Dr. Fauci lying. Dr. Fauci's pure evil. He's in bed with China, too. So let's take a listen to this flip-flop of Dr. Fauci. Let's take a listen. Recommendation change. I didn't want to look like I was giving mixed signals. But being a fully vaccinated person, 
the chances of my getting infected in an indoor setting is extremely low. And that's the reason why in indoor settings now, I feel comfortable about not wearing a mask. You're telling so, so you, did you get that? Yeah. He was basically saying, I was wearing the mask because I didn't want to send mixed signals. But, but then he went and said, if you're in an indoor setting, you don't need the mask. Right. So, so he contradicted he was, himself. No, 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 no. There, yeah. he was basically explaining why it is that he was uh, creating theater. No, I understood. I, I, okay. I heard the quote. So, so the way he was saying that is he was basically saying, yes, I was engaged in some folly. I was engaged in some theater because I didn't want to send mixed signals. But yes, you're right. You're right. If I'm vaccinated and I'm in, it's extremely rare that you know I'm going to be contained. All right. So you Whatever. admitted it. You're you're, you're because you, you know if you trust the scientists and the scientists say, oh well, you get a vaccine, it's great, right? Get a vaccine, it's wonderful. Okay, it works like gangbusters. Yeah. If you get a vaccine, it's utopia. Right. If you get a vaccine, you can go fly. Right. If you get a vaccine, you can go travel. You get a vaccine, uh, you don't have to wear a mask. But if you don't get a vaccine, you have to wear a mask. Yeah. You can't travel. In fact, if, you, if you're if you applying for Delta Airlines, you won't even get a job. Yeah. You won't even get an interview. Okay. So that's the way it works now in this post-COVID uh, era, right? Yeah. It's called the 21st century version of the liberal segregation. Remember George Wallace we were talking yes, about? Yes, we were talking about him, yeah. Well, this is the 21st century George Wallace. Yeah. Okay. This is the one that says... Now it's vaccines. So it's not about skin color. It's about political ideology. Like, for example, if you were somehow present in January 6th in Washington, D.C., we're going to go and break down your door and throw you in jail and throw, and put you in solitary confinement. But if you're Antifa or Black Lives Matter and you burn the crap to the ground... You, you burn churches to the ground and police precincts to the ground and pull statues off their footing and you clobber police over the head with crowbar and you hit people with red MAGA hats with a baseball bat or shoot them in the street dead. Everything I just said has actually happened. Yes. Okay? You're fine. But, but believe me when I tell you, if, if you're part of that January 6th event, <clears throat> which we now know is a total fraud. We now know that they have about hundreds of, like 100,000 hours of, of, of DOJ insurrection video. Yeah. But the only problem is none of the video shows an insurrection. A lot of the video shows participation and complicitness and guidance by the Capitol Hill police. So basically what, what in essence happened, it was a trap. It was a false flag trap where the Capitol Hill police lured the Trump supporters in and then now is holding them as examples. We still don't know who shot Ashley Babbitt, but we do have now on tape, thanks to Julie Kelly and uh, American Greatness, tape that showcases Capitol Hill police saying, yes, come on in, but be, do it peacefully. And then the guy turns around and relays that exact message. Listen, people, 
you can come in. We can demonstrate. We have a lawful duty to do. Before January sixth, the, the Capitol Hill mm-hmm. Capitol was supposed to be open. Yeah, you couldn't just walk in. You got to get a pass and a metal detector, or whatever. But you were allowed to go into that space. It was a public space. So we just heard Fauci talk about how he was engaged in theater that he didn't want to send mixed signals. That's why even after he got his vaccine, he was double masked. Okay, now let's let's take a listen to Rand Paul's exchange with Dr. Fauci. Everybody to wear a mask, whether they've had an infection or a vaccine. What I'm saying is they have immunity and everybody agrees they have immunity. What studies do you have that people that have had the vaccine or have had the infection are spreading the infection? If we're not spreading the infection, isn't it just theater? No, it's not. the vaccine and you're wearing two masks. Isn't that theater? No, that's not. Here we go again with the theater. Let's get down to the facts. I didn't want to look like I was giving mixed signals. But being a fully vaccinated person, the chances of my getting infected in an indoor setting is extremely low. And that's the reason why in indoor settings now, I feel comfortable about not wearing a mask. So he's a total fraud. Yeah. Is what he is. Absolute fraud. Well, even using the term, I don't want to give mixed messages, that intimates that, you're, that you've got a theatrical perception in your mind, that you're concerned with how you're coming across. Yeah. And there's an exclusive, too, where they were talking about Senator Marsha Blackburn, Bloomberg uh, China scoop, exposes how media are actively doing business with government that sent us the virus that shut our economy. So there's new information that's coming out, not just with um, what's happening in Michigan. Uh, the judge uh, turned on Dersha, uh, but he's appealing. And so basically they, they've said there's no chain of custody. There's no way uh, to prove that data wasn't manipulated. Mm-hmm. Um, so in Michigan, they're still trying to get Advancement into uh, the courts uh, with respect to uh, uh, voter fraud. But then Wisconsin, they're doing the same thing. Vernon Jones is going to make an announcement today in mm-hmm. Georgia mm-hmm. Uh, at 11 a.m. Uh, and he's going to be talking about a full audit. Uh, in Arizona, you remember the um, missing data? Yeah. The missing data folder? Yes. They found that. So that's kind of an interesting little thing right there. In that, um, they they've actually found um, da- the the data, uh, so so that's good news right there. And I'm going to try to get that 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 clip. Actually, it's um, it's uh, right here. Okay, so we're going to play this uh, video of this Republican who's. Pretty much, you know, fighting. There was a big Senate hearing yesterday in Arizona. There's a lot of clips I can play from that. I'm going to play this one. Okay, it's 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 going, but it's just silent right now. Of data, and to also detect what we call the master file table. So, master file table, very simply put, is a record of all of the directories and the files that are contained in that partition and a pointing uh, and a pointer to where that data resides on the hard drive. In the course of performing that uh, MFT uh, discovery, I discovered a MFT 
that clearly indicated that the database directory was deleted from that server. So um, all of this, however, may be a moot point because subsequently I've been able to recover all of those deleted files and I have access to that data. So um, with that being said, do you do we do you still need to get that database from the county or did that rebuilding or reconstruct uh, recovery that you did is that going does that have the information you currently need um, for that database I have the information I need from the recovery efforts of the data okay well that's some I think that's some good news madam president yes um, <laughs> and the Democrats are shaking in their boots, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that is a crazy, that's a crazy, crazy thing. So did you finish up, by the way, on your Equality Act? Yeah, I kind of I kind of got to the gist of it. I mean, I, I thought it was a very well-written article, and I liked reading that the, her turn of phrase, Joy Pullman, was very compelling, where she basically got the point out there that Christians aren't, you know, out to attack homosexuals. I mean, she even gets into talking about yeah. the days of Oscar Wilde and homosexuals. You know, it's all about. But what? But she also made the point that you're seeing a reverse discrimination happening, where you're seeing, um, you know, the the flip side of don't ask, don't tell. But the don't ask, don't tell are the people that are not the woke people. They're the people that are the Christians, the people that are the pro family. If you're not part of a hyphenated uh, identity politics uh, billboard, you're you're suddenly um, suspect. Right, right. So um, I want to play this Rick Grinnell thing. Yeah, this we've been is talking a little bit about this too, and this is uh, where he kind of implies Susan Rice is part of that shadow government. I totally believe that. Um, that's something I've been on for a long time. Remember, she's the one that was in the January 5th meeting yes. with Joe Biden and uh, Peter Strzok and and uh, James Comey. And they were trying to pin, you know, a uh, Logan Act and yeah. trying to, you know, uh, their target was General Flynn for one reason or another. And, uh, and you know, they even set up the Kislyak call. Because with Russia, because basically what happened was uh, it was uh, in December that they kicked out all the diplomats. And I thought that was a very strange thing to do that yeah. during a transition period. Yes. To um, embark on that kind of foreign diplomacy when you're a lame duck president. Uh, we already have a president elect. His name's Donald Trump. Why would you do that if you're the Obama administration? And, of course, he was trying to mess things up for Trump. And uh, Kislyak had to call uh, uh, Flynn. The call was perfect. Three and a half years later, they're still trying to battle that one out. You know, and that was ridiculous. That didn't make any sense. Nor did it make sense that General Flynn hired Eric Holder's law firm, Covington and Burling, to represent him. Yeah, And it didn't make any sense that General Flynn would find himself alone with Pianca and Strzok in a meeting that actually caused his doom in terms of the being a, a... But then again, he was a cabinet member, served for two weeks, and then because he was a cabinet member, it pretty much iced uh, the Trump administration and their ability 
to release evidence and to dig into information because what would happen if he did that? He would end up like Nixon, yeah, yeah. right? That would be obstruction. So one way to prevent Donald Trump from digging in, getting his hands, digging in, you know, because I always thought, man, I could just see Donald Trump staying up at night and getting right into the cookie jar and turning the pages and getting all the evidence. But because of what Flynn did, it made it impossible for Trump to do that because then he would have actually, it would have been looking like he's covering up a crime. You see? Yes. And that's what their effort was. That was the sting. That was the, that was what was happening. That's actually what happened. Okay. I'm not making this up. I'm actually reporting history. That's an actual thing that happened. And whether it was by mistake or not, I don't know if anybody could be that stupid as to make that kind of a boneheaded mistake as to be caught with Pienka and Strzok alone and then turn around and your first order of business to get yourself out of the jam is hire Eric Holder's attorney. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it just doesn't make any sense unless you're on Team Obama, the same guy who hired you twice if you're General Flynn. So I don't know. I don't know who to believe. I don't know what to hear all kinds of stories, but I have a couple of ideas. You have many ideas. Yeah. And in any case, it's just people, all I'm asking you to do is open your eyes and find your truth. Okay? Don't let people tell you what the truth is. Do your own research. I'll give you the tea leaf if you want it. If you want to email me, I'll send you in a direction. And you could either prove the case or not prove the case. I'll be happy to help you, guide you with your research. Okay? But don't hate me for being a messenger. That's all I'm saying. In any case, let's take a listen to Rick Rennell, what he has to say. Susan Rice has been appointed as domestic policy advisor. That's a joke. She doesn't know anything about domestic policy. However, what it indicates is that we are going to run our international policy, of which Susan Rice is an expert. She was at the UN. She was national security advisor. She was rumored to be secretary of state, but she didn't have the votes, the Senate confirmation votes enough to get there. So she's a foreign policy expert that's been placed in the domestic policy role. And that is just a clear signal that all of our international issues, our foreign policies, are going to be treated like domestic policy. And what this means is when when you read Ilhan Omar's uh, tweet, this is a problem for the Democratic Party. The foreign policy mess that they are creating is a mess because they are placating the far left domestically. It's part of that cancel culture, identity politics. They're beating up on Israel because it pleases the far left. They are trying to reach out to uh, Iran and pretend like the Iranian regime should be respected because it pleases the far progressive left. This is the upside down world of the Biden administration. President Biden is too weak to stop the progressive lefts from taking over the domestic and foreign policy. Kamala Harris does not understand what's going on because she's not an expert on foreign policy. And Susan Rice is really happy that Biden is too weak, Kamala is uh, totally distracted with the 50-50 Senate and has to be up at the Senate, 
she's running the show. We have a we have a shadow president in Susan Rice, and yeah. no one is yeah. paying attention. And not only that, but they have leverage over Biden. Like I said, I brought up the January fifth mm-hmm. meeting, uh, and then remember she wrote that letter on t- yeah. January twentieth yeah. to protect herself. Mm-hmm. She knows she is she is she has so much baggage and dirt on Joe Biden, related to Burisma, Ukraine. You know, uh, uh, Victor Shokin, the uh, you know the prosecutor in, in Ukraine, all of that stuff, the 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 shady deals with Porinchenko, uh, and then also the uh, Air Force Two to China with Hunter on it, and the one point five billion dollars and all kinds of stuff. They have all kinds of dirt on Joe Biden. That's what makes Joe Biden the perfect puppet president. He's not a president. You could tell the guy doesn't lead. The guy can't even function without a script in front of him. And he's not a leader. He's not charismatic. He, he openly admits he's not allowed to talk to people right. off script. Right. Oh, my people will get me. I'm going to get in trouble. I can't help but I just want to say I love the media because they yeah. treat me so well. You know, they never gave Trump anything. These people that they've brought into the White House are like goo goo gaga, starstruck, like little babies who wear a pacifier. <laughs> you know, you know, like a blinky. Bank, oh, you, you binky, mean, a binky, yeah. Is that what it's called? A binky. I, I, I you thought, stick that in your mouth. mouth like a yeah, well, pacifier. You put, you put, put a pacifier in their mouth so that they're quiet. Well, they're saying that um, Democrats. Yeah. Uh, a lot of Democrats are are going to start. You're going to start seeing them walking around the street. With the binky in their mouth. Seriously. Yeah, to wean themselves off of the mask because uh-huh. they're so attached. Yeah. That was well, a uh, Babylon B. Yeah. Well, you uh, know that was a that was a. You satire. know we've had a, we've had a lot of conversations about the masks and the symbolism of the masks, but I I think what you're going to start seeing now as these uh, states start li- uh, you know taking down the restrictions uh, and the requirement uh, you know they're, they're releasing the capacity restrictions on restaurants and other businesses, and then some of the mask mandates are disappearing, or or they're becoming a lot a lot less frequent you're going to see still see some liberals resisting and saying i'm going to wear my mask because the mask has become a symbol it's become a way of showing what your philosophy is even when the mask is no longer practically needed and that's why joe biden does it that's why joe biden wore a mask during a zoom call well where what did he need a mask for during a zoom call he's trying to make a statement and liberals will continue this oh absolutely so I want to take a listen to Tucker Carlson right now. Um, let's see if we get we have time. I think we do. We do. All right. Uh, all right. So let's take a listen to this uh, clip. This is about the Pentagon. The Americans have considered what would happen if we slipped from that perch. Would it matter if America became subordinate to other nations? There's a debate about that. Let's see. At work, does it matter to you who the boss is? It probably does matter. That's the person who can fire you. And the world isn't so different from that. The top countries give the orders. The rest of the planet takes the orders, whether they like it or not. We've lost sight of that because for more than a century, America effectively has been in charge of much of the world. And that's exactly why we have stayed rich and free for that time. Most Americans on some level understand that this is an arrangement worth preserving, if only because the options to it are so much worse. How would you like to be forced to obey the Chinese Communist Party? Not so much. 
How would you feel about surrendering the U.S. dollar as the world's reserve currency and immediately going bankrupt? No thanks. Most of us would like to avoid outcomes like that. And that's why we spend more than any country in the world on our military. There's a reason the Department of Defense is our largest government agency. It's not just because defense contractors are powerful. It's because we all agree it's really important. In exchange for all that money and all that power and all the little oversight we give it, we expect in return the Pentagon will stay up late thinking of ways to keep America strong. The question is, have they been doing that? When you can judge for yourself. Most of the generals we see quoted in the press seem more committed to meeting some counterproductive diversity goal, hiring more pregnant Air Force pilots, assembling the world's first transgender SEAL team, than on defending the United States. The conflicts the Pentagon says it's preparing for often seem comically small and outdated, almost from colonial times, whether it's wrangling with illiterate tribesmen in Afghanistan, that's very important, or ramping up for some new war against a remote group of buildings in Syria, wherever the hell Syria is. Can poor, irrelevant countries really be our gravest enemies? We act like it, but they're not. And that's been confirmed tonight, by the way. This nation's most formidable foe, the new defense secretary just told us, is the weather itself. Going forward, the U.S. military has declared a hot war on global warming. Today, no nation can find lasting security without addressing the climate crisis. We face all kinds of threats in our line of work, but few of them truly deserve to be called existential. A climate crisis does deserve to be called existential. Existential. If you've got a cliche, he will read it on television. That was Lloyd Austin, of course. Lloyd Austin is a former defense contractor, not surprisingly. He's a full-time ideologue as well. Having Lloyd Austin at the Pentagon is like handing control of the entire U.S. military to the editorial page of the New York Times. Here is Lloyd Austin explaining that the single scariest risk our soldiers face is the possibility they might have to serve alongside Americans who didn't vote for Joe Biden. And if confirmed, I will fight hard to stamp out sexual assault and to rid our ranks of racists and extremists. The job of the Department of Defense is to keep America safe from our enemies. But we can't do that if some of those enemies lie within our own ranks. He's a joke and a mediocrity. And of course, he was confirmed by the Senate as if he was impressive, but he's not. And the results are entirely predictable. A new report in Revolver News puts a finer point on what exactly is happening at the Pentagon under Lloyd Austin. Austin has hired an activist type called Bishop Garrison as the head of the military's vast diversity and inclusion apparatus, a group of offices that has nothing to do with fighting and winning wars. Just spend five minutes Googling Bishop Garrison. Treat yourself. He's a lunatic. A few years ago, he announced that anyone who supports Donald Trump, that would be tens of millions of American citizens, many of whom have served in the military, is a white supremacist. And by the way, he said there is no room for nuance, quote, on that question. Garrison wrote a lot of things like uh, like that. You can Google it. Again, you should. Now, and this is the point, he's one of the most powerful officials in the U.S. military. Democrats in Congress are thrilled as they watch this. Their party now has all the tanks and drones. What's strange is that Republicans don't seem to have noticed that it happened. They're still giving the same vacuous speeches about the troops. And then, of course, signing off on ever-expanding defense budgets with no oversight. The effect? The same fighting force that for generations we have been so proud of, the people who stormed Saipan and Guadalcanal, have been captured without a shot by people who seem like rejects from the Google HR department. And its defenders, the defenders of the troops, can't be bothered to say a word about it. Do they have television? 
Have they seen the Army's latest recruiting ad? This is the story of a soldier who operates your nation's Patriot Missile Defense Systems. It begins in California with a little girl raised by two moms. Although I had a fairly typical childhood, took ballet, played violin, I also marched for equality. I like to think I've been defending freedom from an early age. A way to prove my inner strength and maybe shatter some stereotypes along the way. I also march for equality. Oh, shut up. Who cares? Please stop talking about yourself for once. It is boring and irrelevant and insulting. This is not just your country. It belongs to all of us. Your job is to defend it. Please do so. Yet it's becoming clear they have no interest in defending it. And here's the latest evidence of that. It comes from CBS last night. This is a clip from a 60 Minutes report on, of all things, UFOs and the U.S. military. Watch this. A Navy air crew struggles to lock on to a fast-moving object off the U.S. Atlantic coast in... UFOs, they're spooky and kind of funny. Crazy people believe in them. Up until you get to the line, the Pentagon admits it doesn't know what in the world this is. And that's where you pause. Because from a national security perspective, that is a very big problem. How big a problem is it? One Navy pilot said that the U.S. military has observed unidentified flying objects maneuvering in restricted airspace and figure out if they're a threat or not, and maybe respond. If there was ever a reason to have Space Force, this might be it. But Space Force is otherwise occupied these days. They're busy conducting political purges of their own ranks, as all the branches of the military are. Here's Lieutenant Colonel Matthew Lohmeyer. He commanded a Space Force unit until the White House decided that his politics were not acceptable. Since taking command as a commander about 10 months ago, uh, I saw what I consider fundamentally incompatible and competing narratives of what America was, is, and should be. You know, we've talked about this guy, uh, Lohmeyer. He wrote yeah. a book. Yes. Number one seller. I remember that. Um, but, you know, one of the things I've been saying uh, on social media, and we're not going to play that whole clip because it's just, we've already talked about it a little bit, how he was fired for talking about you know, critical race theory yes. is insanely ridiculous. Which it is. Yeah. And so um, that's where that's going. But they were talking about Space Force and its response to the UFOs. And, you know, somebody uh, said on my Facebook, they said, you know, so uh, I said, don't be distracted. The only thing you need to be focused on is the AZ audit. And the person said, yeah, well, you know, there's 10,000 uh, miles per hour spaceships that are can do, you know, certain things in a matter of seconds. And I said, if you have a spaceship that can go 10,000 miles per hour mm-hmm. and, you know, do a vertical drop, you know, 80,000 feet in two seconds or something like that, right? I said, uh, what's the point of worrying about it? You know, like, worry about the things you can control, you know, and know enough to know the difference, you know, that saying? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah, you're talking about the uh, the, st- the the pledge that Alcoholics Anonymous take. Is that what it is? Yeah. Okay. But, you know, the idea is, is that 
worry about the things you can control. A, a spaceship coming at you at 10,000 miles per hour that can do a vertical drop, right. within, that's not something you can control or beat. Right. That's not even a winnable fight. You might as well just roll over and play dead. Exactly. You know, because that's not, you know, so whatever that is, uh, we don't have a mechanism for it, right? We, right. We're not going to be able to. Um, so not, let's not worry about, let's not be distracted. Hey, let's not be distracted. No. Let's keep focusing on the AZ audit. Yeah. No matter what kind of junk they're going to come up at and throw at you. Uh, don't be, don't be, uh, you know, don't be blindsided. So I want to see if I can get to, to a couple of tweets uh, that were pretty good tweets. Again, I'm not doing a lot on Twitter these days. It's really kind of a no no man's land. Yeah. Terrence Williams, he's pretty funny. He was at the White House, Trump White House. I said, he says, I said, identify as a vaccinated American. So he says, I'm considering myself a trans vaxite. And then in quotes, one who identifies as having been vaccinated, even though not actually have been. I've decided I'm a trans vaxite. And you are a bigot if you don't accept me for who I am. <laughs> yeah, that's kind of funny. That is funny. Well, it's kind of true, too, though. It's like if you don't believe me. You know. Nick Fad wrote this. I thought this was a great one. He says, as the country experiences a gas shortage, Joe Biden is showcasing electric trucks. Right? Remember the electric yeah, truck yeah. he drove in? Yeah, $70,000. <laughs> totally a coincidence. What does he mean by that? Yeah. He means that maybe the gas crisis was a way to actually advance the ball for electric vehicles. Yeah. So, again, it's the Democrats punishing Trump supporters that support fossil fuels and energy mm -hmm. independence, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Because people who support that don't support Biden. They don't. So they made a political calculation that basically says, if you support these types of things... Um, you know, to hell with you. And we're going to go ahead and cut off your fossil fuels and allow them to sink. We're going to shut down the Keystone Pipeline. We're going to allow Colonial Pipeline to figure it out by themselves. And we're going to green light Russia. But for your middle class jobs, you're, you know, basically on your own. And we're going to go ahead and advance the ball with electric vehicles. They're going to spend billions and billions and billions of dollars for 300 jobs. Yeah. I think that's insanely ridiculous. Anyway, uh, that brings us to the end of the Scott Adams Show. And I want to thank everybody for tuning in. Be sure to check out scottadamshow.com. My name is Scott Adams. My name is Leonora Corvetta. We'll see you next time on the radio. Bye-bye, everybody. We're a stand. The mound's getting steeper. They grab a shovel, dig the hole a little deeper. Just to bury my kids right up to there. 